Hi guys, welcome to the Holy Grail podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to thank you for tuning in. Your ongoing support is what allows us to keep making and gradually improving our podcast. It would be a huge help if you were able to give us a like and a follow at the Holy Grail podcast on both Facebook and Insta. Click subscribe and maybe even leave a review on Spotify and Apple Music and share an episode with a mate who you think might enjoy having a listen as well. That would be so greatly appreciated. If you keep getting around us, then we can keep getting around you and staying in your ears. It's a bit weird, but it's all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Let's go. The Holy Grail Podcast. Let's go. All right, welcome to the Holy Grail podcast. I tell you what, Parks, there's been a little bit on this week. There has. I'm Dory, he's Parks, and I tell <laughs> you what, look, to say there's a bit to cover in this app is an understatement. Are you ready? Here we go. All right, so Maxi has a field day, the doggies demolition, week one of NRL finals deliver the goods, Cricket Australia stand up to the Taliban for being bullies, India say, I'm a head out to England two hours before the toss of their test match, Ronaldo's back at Old Trafford, Old Trafford. NFL kicks off, Dill Allcutt does a shoey, Dan Ricciardo does a shoey, and Quade Cooper wins it for the Wallabies off his own shoey. <laughs> Here you go, mate. I'm good. How are you, mate? <laughs> that was a good intro. Uh, that was that was um, it was well done. I was reading it as you were going through it and getting lost. <laughs> so yeah, you've done um, well there, mate. No, it's it is a, a bit of an understatement to say it was big, a big week. Um, lots of lots of uh, unexpected wins in the AFL, um, I suppose. And then you know the NRL mm. stood up to its test. It. Uh, it sh- Show, threw a few curveballs in there and every every game I don't think it was a game that was particularly bad to watch apart from that first one yeah um, yeah every other game delivered every other so game was great can't argue with that no and I, I do like the uh, the whole idea that we can actually change up from AFL and NRL completely and <laughs> And we can talk about tennis. We can talk about cricket. We can talk about some uh, some other rugby, some NFL. Yep. Mate, I'm excited. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a good one. There was just so much happening on Monday morning, like sort of Sunday night, Monday morning, outside of the AFL and NRL spheres. So yep. I just woke up and clocked into work, and then spent about two hours smashing out a pretty extensive run sheet so for a change we've actually got something to go off we've actually got a bit planned so yeah that's good we'll see how we go we'll see how we go all right let's get it let's get started don't come monday don't come monday boys don't come monday all right so i um 
obviously we've got to start with the two most obvious ones, and that is Geelong and Port. Don't come Monday, boys. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the one game of the year so far that you probably like. As those two teams, you have to really show up. You like, yeah. You really have to like pull your finger out because I think that first week Port they had Geelong covered, right? Geelong yeah, they got beat. Fair enough. They move on to the next game. They could comfortably get over GWS. That was no worries. Come against Melbourne, you got to show up. Didn't show up. What's going on it's, there? Maxi Gorn has kicked five against you, and it's just not happened for you all night. It just was an absolute whitewash. Um, and then I won't go into too much detail yet, but uh, Port Adelaide, the bus wasn't even in the vicinity of Adelaide, I think. That was terrible. That was tell really you disgusting. What, <laughs> there were, there were 25,000 Port fans who rocked up, not one Port player. Was, <laughs> I don't I've even loved, think the coaching loved, staff rocked up. I've loved the few tweets and whatever getting out that obviously... Um, the South Australian government didn't let the Western Bulldogs train on the whatever it yeah. was Friday night before the game, and then all the doggies, all old boys, have just come out saying thanks, thanks to the South Australian government for letting the Bulldogs have their training run on Saturday night rather than Friday. So <laughs> it was fair. an absolute demolition job, um, and that's the reason where it's taken us until what is it, Wednesday, 7.30, before we could record. Because I just, my mental state has not been anywhere You're near. Just not emotionally good stable. Enough. I just haven't been up to it. So <laughs> anyway, we'll unpack it now. We'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> my my second don't come Monday is Gladys. She's decided she's packed up her bags and thought, nah, I'm out of here, guys. I'm sick of talking to you every day at 11 a.m. And now we've got to watch some random who decides... For some reason, they don't want to wear a mask. Um, <laughs> you see that? The, it was like three of them that rocked up today for the press conference and none of them had a mask on. I was really? like, I, yeah. Yeah, right. So I'm pretty sure you're the guys that are enforcing that shit. And that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's setting the tone if ever yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> Isn't it ever? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gladys has packed a bag, said, oh, I'm off for, yep. a, for a weekend, a couple of wines on Saturday night, I thought. Um, she looked a bit, a little bit hazy on Sunday morning when she rocked up, but... <laughs> Um, no, good on you, Gladys. Uh, I'm sick of listening to your voice too. Um, and my last one is Wags. Wags has decided to come back uh, up to Wollongong. Oh. He's graced me with his presence uh, for all, albeit of three minutes before he walked in with uh, quite a peculiar item, uh, and he's hung it up on our wall. And the only way I can describe it is uh, it must be vintage because it was that fucking long ago that Richmond were, were good. But he's basically framed, got a 2017 AFL Premier's signed uh, picture up on my wall yeah. behind me here. And I'm just disgusted. It's just disgusting, mate. Like, I'm pretty sure that... What did you come this year? 10th? 11th? 12th. 12th. <laughs> So, yeah, don't come Monday, Wags. That's terrible. I tell you what, that can get in the bin. <laughs> that, that can get can in the bin, That can genuinely hey. get in the bin. In our lounge room, we've got the only, like, memorabilia or sort of, like, sports paraphernalia up is the big Uncle Rico sign with... Yeah. Peter Siddle's got a hat-trick on his birthday! Mark Taylor. Quote Tubby Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no. yeah, and everyone can respect that because it's absolutely that's a shared love of yeah. Australia and the banana yeah. man Peter Siddle. 
Yeah. But I don't think that we can be having that sort of shit up. I might as well bring my uh, my Port Adelaide 2004 team bloody poster up. All right. Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, I might bring a South Melbourne um, <laughs> poster. I might go buy a vintage South from Melbourne 19, one. From 1938. <laughs> Whenever we won one back then. Um, but uh, it's... I wouldn't have minded if you bought it, you know, last year or the year before, whatever. Well, I've seen it then or I knew it was around. I would have been like, yep, you know what, fair enough. But he's plonked it in the middle of our lounge room in arguably the dynasty's worst year. <laughs> so, you know, don't come Monday, Wags. Get put it in the bin. He's, uh, uh, he's given me a couple of rough looks over on the couch there, <laughs> but um, I think he's just a little bit jittery. He's getting his first jab tomorrow, so... I think he'll be all right. <laughs> oh, shit. Right on, mate. He'll be okay. All right. The AFL prelim blowouts. Um, now, we'll start with Melbourne and Geelong on yeah. Friday night. And look, actually, just for a start, in my notes, I've just put down, should we have expected this? Maybe not the score lines, but mm. should we have expected Melbourne to... I think we sort of did expect Melbourne to trample um, Geelong, but yeah, Melbourne and Dogs have been the two best teams all year, yeah, like for ninety percent of the year, and yep. they've delivered when it matters. Should we have expected this? Um, Melbourne, hundred percent. I yep. I think that that was I think it was a given that you know I mean we all had our doubts about where they could go finals wise because they're inexperienced yep. in that time, yep. but you know they're, they're the best team in the comp for the whole pretty much the whole season um they showed up at times when they needed to show up um and there was only maybe one or two games there mid-season where you're like oh the wheels are falling off then they just came back so yeah um yeah no i definitely i expected a good win by melbourne bulldogs not so much um i know you'll have a bit to say about that but i look you know they've got they've They've got the most firepower through the middle, and when they yep. can attack like they did against Port, it's pretty hard to stop. Um, it's going to be an extremely interesting grand final. It's going to be one of the one of the yep. greats, I reckon. Um, such a like two contradicting teams, like massive offensive of um, Western Bulldogs versus the stable defense of the Melbourne Footy Club. So I'm really yep. excited. I feel like when we were talking about this, we talked a lot about how about the forwards and the backs. But at the end of the day, does it matter how good your forwards and backs are all that much? Like, well, the clinics the two, were made in the midfield for both. These games. are the two best midfield groups in the comp. Mm. I think I don't think there's any conjecture over that. No, They're not at all. Like Melbourne with Max Gorn. Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver, who are all in absolute their best form ever. Yeah, I don't think we'll um, see them better. And like to get all three of them just absolutely humming at the same time. Yeah, always going to be very very difficult to stop. Yeah, and then obviously we know the Bulldogs. We've talked about them. There's Bont, there's McRae, there's Dunkley, there's uh, I don't know shitloads there's lots others. Of them. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Libba, of course. So, I don't know. Like, maybe at the end of the day, I don't know. You know, it's coming up to sort of trade and draft time and whatever. And it seems there's always such a high price on having those key spine players. But I tell you what, if you've got a stacked midfield, it goes a fair way. 
Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with you. I mean, you just have to take one look at any of the highlights in either of those games, and it was just where, you know, where in that Geelong-Melbourne game, it was where that, I think they had initially, they had Selwood matched up to Clayton Oliver. That's that's like matching prime Selwood up on current Selwood. It's just going to yeah. be an absolute whitewash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Petrarca and Dangerfield, an injured Dangerfield as well. Um, yeah. Again, absolute whitewash. That's another question that I've, I want to bring up later. But have mm-hmm. we seen the the prime disappear from Paddy Dangerfield? Is his prime past? Is he done? Well, Is there any way out? Yeah, I think Not it's... Not so done, but... I think he's a um, he's a divisive character for whatever reason. Yeah, people either really love him or they really hate him. Um, yeah, I've switched between the two camps at times, but I still find myself if I'm on him, I'm like, nah, he's quality. Like, he's a really good player. But if I'm off him, I'm like, nah, fuck you, Paddy. But yeah. at the same time, like he has been a really good player for a really long time. But he's probably 31, 32 now. And he was injured. He had that hand injury. And just like all of those Geelong players, really, all those key Geelong players, you're like, if this team, it's probably a bit like the Lakers will probably be in the NBA this year. If this team was playing in 2014 or 15 or even 2017, yeah, they are unstoppable. They are yep. just an incredible team who no one's yep. going to come near. But yep. that's four, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, they're still good players, but you can't. Yeah. I think they had eleven over thirties, which is the most ever yep. in AFL VFL final, like ever since records began or whatever. Yeah, um, and I just don't think they can keep going with it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think um, I think that Geelong probably need to start, you know, if they want to stay in finals contention, they need to start shopping players around a bit. Um, uh, we'll talk about him later on, but Gary Rowan needs to go. <laughs> they, need to, they need to get rid of him, I reckon. Um, find, him a new, like, find him a new contract at least so they can free up some cap space somewhere. Um, yep. And... Uh, you know, do you shop Selwood around for his last couple? You know, he's probably one of those blokes that, you know, I understand that he's a been a staple of the club and a bit like Gary Ablett, he probably wants to finish his years at Geelong. Um, but yeah, as a business and, a, and a, uh, a footy club point of view, is it worth it? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Geelong seems to be a fairly popular market where players want to go, where they don't want to be right in the spotlight like they do in Melbourne, but they yeah, still want to be true. a relevant very Victorian true. team. And yeah. uh, Geelong seems to be that place that they go. That's why Geelong's been good for a long time. They, they've barely ever... It's a bit like the opposite of the Ds. They kind of just are always there or thereabouts. Um, yeah. And so, you know, is this the time where they're they're shopping around looking to pick up more players, free more cap space, and just do a massive off-season? Or do they go complete rebuild, start again, look for draft picks? You know, what do they do? What do you think they should do? Um, I don't want to dwell too much on Geelong because I think the real story of the night was Melbourne. But I think that they've just... They've sort of shot themselves in the foot a little bit um, 
bringing in players like Sean Higgins at the yeah. expense of playing blokes like uh, Quinton Narkle was yeah. he's sort of one of those kids who's he, the name's been around a while like I think there's Simpson I think there's Charlie Constable these sort of kids who I've heard um, like heard of but I've never really seen before yeah um, yeah just because they've kept bringing in these older heads and not they're just not blooding the kids which is okay but yeah it has to come to an end at some stage and I think on I think on Friday night we just worked out and we saw firsthand that they are just a long way off the pace and like yeah, exactly. like Melbourne and Bulldogs and I know Port were awful but Port Adelaide with a younger group as well like those like Melbourne and Bulldogs at the moment they're going to that's the level of footy that they need to be and they yeah. need to play at and I don't think Geelong can do it at the business end nah like those other teams can neither um, and you've got to look at it too like you know Tom Hawkins is having some great years he's going to go down as one of the top forwards probably to ever play the game um, you know he's in that conversation up the you know the top 10 kind of thing top 20 but um, he's getting on as well, you know. Yeah. Jeremy Cameron seems to not walk away from a game without a fucking injury every time. Um, yeah, yeah they, I think they've just got to shuffle up a little bit, throw a few young kids in there, rest a couple of blokes. If they're going to continuously play at the top, like try and strive for a champion, uh, a premiership, you know, you've got to be able to manage some of these blokes. Um, but back to the story of the game, obviously, uh, Maxi Gorn's pawns. He was just yep. moving pieces around and doing what he liked, hey. Well, Maxi Gorn pawns and Max Gorn pawn as yeah. well. <laughs> Not wrong. I'm sure for D's fans, that was some of the most arousing content that you could <laughs> ever put on. That third quarter was genuinely incredible. Oh, no. um, Mate, not I, being a support, D supporter, I was aroused. Oh, I was absolutely <laughs> loving it. Um, yeah. Just watching just Bentley Murphy on the Zoom call just sink into his seat just a little bit more every time Maxi Gorn touched the ball was oh. pretty good to watch. Sorry, Ben. That, that, um, that third quarter where I think he kicked... Did he kick four goals in the quarter? Three or four, it was yeah. Three, I think it was three, three or four, four. And like some of the most ridiculous goals that you'll just never see a Ruckman kick ever yeah. again. No. Um, there was obviously that snap from the contest in the po- in the forward pocket yep. that he just went through. He took a mark that was actually paid a mark, but he was the only bloke on the field. I think it was touched, but he was the only one who knew it was touched. Played yep. on with a big boonana snap from about <laughs> 45 metres out. Yep. And then he kicked that one from 55 metres out where oh, the was- just... Oh, that the trucker so just drew in about four cats, gave the handball out. Gorney's just looking around. He's got 25 metres of space yeah. rolling into the forward 50, just gets 55 and pops it through. That was unreal. Yeah. But the highlight for me was he – it was in that same quarter. It was late in the quarter. Melbourne are up by 10 goals or more, more than 10 yeah. goals. And he – does a chase down tackle on Gary Rowan, who had an absolute stinker of a night. But oh. for Max Gorn to chase down Gary Rowan and get him holding the ball, I was just like, this is, this is Melbourne's night. And he has just... He's just had one of the all-time finals performances. Didn't he ever? Well, let's just, before we pass up on him, let's just talk about Gary Rowan real quick. 
Um, at one moment in the third quarter, I think it was, yep. I was scrolling through the AFL app and I was just like, hmm, I wonder how many AFL fantasy points everyone has. Scroll right to the bottom. Here's Gary Rowan listed below both the medical subs. And he's <laughs> he spent 87% time on field. Like... Absolute duck eggs. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's bad. You're, like, you're not even listed oh above, Lord. like... These poor fellas, these medical subs, haven't touched the turf yet, and you've got you're sitting below them. <laughs> That's disgusting. I think um, he had one touch before he did his hammy there in the um, in the third quarter. Yeah, the poor bloke's got awful finals form too. And oh, doesn't it, he? Look, I realise this is coming from a Port supporter who have just delivered one of the all-time horrendous <laughs> finals performances. Yeah. However, the, the dude's got prior form and he hasn't really performed all that much. No. But but we'll um, pass up on that. We'll let him we'll play slide because uh, he's not coming Monday anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, I just thought, like, it was so obvious to me in that game, that ga- that goal that Maxi Gorn kicked from 55 metres out there yeah. um, on the couch. They did a little yep. um, segment on it. And... You can literally see how well the Melbourne midfield meshed together. Like, I think um, Joel Seller was was kind of like tagging Clayton Oliver and was annoying yep. the piss out of him a little bit. And um, Truck just comes over, bumps him, and then just like grabs um, Oliver's jumper, yep. pushes, pulls him over away. Joel Selwood then gets lost because he wasn't paying attention, and. Truck just has a free run because three three Geelong players just draw straight to Clayton Oliver because he's standing yep. free, and it's yep. just like that kind of shit you just don't see like ever. That was just no. it's completely unselfish, um, all for the good of the team, and obviously it led to a goal. And you know how many ruck we talk about every time? How many ruckmen in the league do you see chasing like making a run like that with your main yep. midfielder, like? Yep. And then kicking um, it from 55 metres out, full yeah. stride. That's and ridiculous. Another, one, another piece of that midfield that gets overlooked all the time is Jack Viney. Yeah, He time. was really, really good. I don't have the stats in front of me. He's probably at 30-odd. But he was he was really important, especially early. Like, he really cashed in the fact that they... Like, I mean, fair enough, too. The Geelong mids have just put all their energy into Petrarca and Oliver. Yeah. And Viney just went to work and he just became that inside bull. He's the sort of, I think he does a little bit similar to like roll to like a Libba does for the dogs. Like, yeah, probably don't notice it as much. There's a lot of in and under. He'll, you know, take one or two tackles, then dish out a handball to one of the mids and then yep. they're away. That's sort of where they, um, where he really comes in. He was really yeah. impressive too. He topped, he topped the disposal getters with 34. Yep. So, yeah. So, and I actually thought, and, like, uh, that night, Clayton Oliver had a fairly quiet game. He still had 27. Yeah. Um, like, it was still, the, still great, but, like... It's the sort of um, disposals he's getting, too. So, like, he's getting forward of the contest. So, I've just got this stat in front of me. So, the Geelong midfield were, incre- like, absolutely dominated. Melbourne scored 101 points from clearances. So, you either score... So, the way they do that is you either do... You score from clearances, you score from turnovers, or you score from kick-ins. So yeah. they scored 101 points from clearances. That was the most by any team 
in any game in yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And Geelong had four more clearances for the game. So yeah. I know this is like like going full Rain Man, numbers falling in front of the <laughs> face and shit. But <laughs> Geelong have had four more clearances and Melbourne have scored 101 points from clearances. So Melbourne have had 41 clearances for the match, which yeah. means that for every single clearance they won, they were scoring pretty much two and a half points from it. Yeah. So they were incredibly effective, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was just their midfield dominance. It's They weren't just winning it. Yeah. They were winning it and getting in really attacking positions and getting it forward. Yeah. And they were just dominating. Yeah. And it speaks, speaks volumes too about, you know, uh, we spoke about it last week, about just having a target and not so much... You don't need a, a super midfield, a super forward line to be able to score in today's game because it's so fast. Everyone has the legs. Like all midfielders have the legs to kick at 55 metres on the run. Yep. Easy. And, um, you know, Ben Brown played a great game, to be fair, um, yep. but hasn't shown anything throughout the year, I have thought. Bailey Fritch still like shows a lot of potential, um, but still quite young and raw. Yeah. Um, but then apart from that, they don't have much. Like, Cosy Pickett and Charlie Spargo, good small yep. little forwards. But, you know, they're not superstars. Um, but, like, but just, that's what I mean. It's the 101 it points works. out of the clearance, and it works. You know, yep. you don't need a three-pronged dragon like Geelong do to score because yep. they didn't. The 42 points for the game. Yep. So, um, you know, it just shows, like, how much the game's evolved as well yeah. in the sense that, yeah. you know, the teams that dominated back in the day were the teams that had the Tony Lockets and the and the Rockers yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like there you was, just need a target down there to kind of draw attention to, to let let those small forwards and, and, um, and half forwards and then midfielders shine around them. Going on that as well, there was one, I think it was in, it was either the first quarter or really early in the second quarter. So there was this dump kick in from probably Clayton Oliver or someone and Ben Brown was completely out of position. He was five metres from the contest. He was turned the wrong way. There was just no way that he was ever going to mark it. And most forwards just wouldn't, like it was just an easy intercept mark for, it might have been Mark Blitzarves or someone. So a really handy Geelong defender, you know, tall, generally gobbles them up. Yeah. Um, Brown put just made such an effort to just get to get back this get to the contest yep. and just make it a contest, get a little spoil in, bring it to ground. Charlie Spargo just is right there at the fall yep. of it, scoops it up, snaps a goal. Yeah. And I was just like, Ben Brown, he's not kicking he hasn't kicked sixty odd goals like he has for North Melbourne in previous years. But he's just happy just being there, doing his job, doing his bit for the team. Yeah. And it's working. It is working, which is good to see. It is good to see. Then we're all, right. uh, all running on the same road. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, great great stuff, Melbourne. I expected it, but um, I don't know if I expected that much. But, yeah. you know, it's still bloody good. But let's move yeah. on, Tom. Let's, I'll tell you um, what, I did not expect this one. <laughs> I did let's, not expect let's this Let's just one. cut to the chase. What the fuck happened, Port? They didn't what come. What the fuck? Who um, did you who'd you send down to play for you? Oh, I don't know. I, I, no one. I don't think anyone went out there. You send the CDHBU um, no, twos down was, there, mate. Look, in fairness, I think 
the dogs were clearly brilliant. I think oh, you can yeah. give a bit of a pat on the back to like some of Bevo and his work as well. Um, yep. So I've got a few things. So in our preview on, was it thir- last Thursday night yeah, or whatever? Yeah, it was Thursday night, yep. Who was my, can you remember who my um, key <laughs> player was? I can tell you right now, it was Willem Drew. Willem Drew. So I didn't want to sound like a complete, you know, tosser, Nerd. rain man type operator. But I said Willem Drew was super important because he was going to have to go to either Bont or maybe um, McRae, but probably Libba. Yep. Um, because Libba's just so good at winning that ball inside and dishing it out. He's so now, Willem good Drew the started. Willem Drew started on the bench. Yeah. The first five minutes. In that first five minutes, Libbers had five touches. Five of these in and under dish out touches. He's only yep. and uh the dogs had kicked five goals essentially. Yeah. Before Willem Drew could get on the ground. Now, Willem Drew went to Libber straight after that, at about, you know, the ten minute mark, the halfway point of the first quarter. Yeah. He's only had another twelve touches for the match. Liver has so Drew's yeah. done a really good job, but the game was gone. Yeah, and you know Port just got absolutely just smashed in the contested ball, smashed in the clearances. Yeah, and the dogs just didn't miss. And yeah, I just sat down there. I was still coming down from bloody never, never tear us apart. Next thing we're fucking seven goals down. <laughs> it was it was tough. Uh, it was oh. it was um wasn't apparent on the night as much but when you look back at replays i've watched it a couple of times there's a couple of highlights and stuff of like that KO minis yeah. and when you look back at it you just realize how determined the bulldogs are compared to yeah. the port yeah. like there's just no urgency for the footy um Alir Alir had he's probably his worst night for the year um along with uh trav Boak, he had a terrible night as well yeah. Um, they all did. They like, all got that class. Razio Fantasia, they're all shit. Yeah. But Alir um, um, just silly mistakes that you just hadn't seen him make and just like no urgency about yeah. it. Like yeah. they'd, he'd make a mistake on a kick where yeah. he's kind of trapped, doesn't know where he's going, and he kicks it straight down a bulldog's bloke's throat. Oh. And before he, like you watch him, they, they have a zoomed out panel there. He's turned it over and then he stood there with his arms up going, well, what do I do now? Like, I've just turned it over. There's no urgency at all about it. And it happened regularly on the night. And I think that that's just where you were outclassed. Because I, I still think to this day you're the better team. Um, on paper and on your day, you you know, even if with the way that the Bulldogs played, I think if you guys played at your top, you still would have won that night. You guys were just nowhere near where you should have been. Yeah, you're right. There was just no urgency. There was yep. no... Like, it was like they just thought they were the better team which yep. as you say they maybe were probably were yeah and that the bulldogs would just be tired and that they could just rock up and win yeah adelaide oval we're at our ground. home ground this is we don't yep. lose here kind of thing just just kind of rocked up koshi gave a little uh cash cow speech at the at the start and just uh, nothing really happened after that you know, um, they all got a little bit sidetracked on a leer leer too i'll just give a little shout out to Josh Shackey, and I reckon this is a really clever Bevo move, just quietly. So Josh Shackey's yeah. number two draft pick from 2015. 
yep. started at the it was going to be the next big thing started at the Lions for a few years didn't go much good it's taken him you know six years to play 30 or 40 or 50 games or whatever yeah um, and he sort of just snuck his way into this dogs team at the start of finals now he yep. I don't know what his numbers were I don't have them in front of me he might have had many touches but early on the reason that Port was so good against Geelong was that Alir Alir was incredible. He's been yeah. best on ground for Port about the last six weeks. Yeah. Um, Shaki went to Alir Alir, didn't care about getting the footy himself. His yeah. only job was to stop him taking intercept marks. And he did yeah. such a good job. Similar to what we were saying with the Melbourne team. They've just got all these role players who all they care about is playing their role and doing it for the team and doing it to a T. Yeah. Josh Shackey just came in and just bought everything to ground. And it was blokes who we didn't talk about at all, but it was blokes like Mitch Hannon popping up and kicking goals. Aaron Norton, his marks were sticking. Like, yeah. it just all worked. And when they were just absolutely dominating out of the midfield, it was just Port had no answers. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. No, and do you, that's another thing that it brings me on to. Do you think that they play Josh Shackey again and, and throw him at Lever, Josh, uh, Jakey Lever? Yeah. Yep. I think it's a I great think, idea. Well, it worked really well last time, and yep. he still gives – like, he's still a decent player in his own right. He don't kick, get me wrong. You don't go number three. two. You don't, yeah, yeah. So if he kicks three goals one, yep. he's – you know, everyone's raving about him. Um, yep. You don't go number two pick if you can't play a bit of footy. Yeah, like, not wrong. <laughs> he's he's a decent enough footballer. He's got got enough talent. Um, he just hasn't been able to string it together yet. But yeah, it's funny how sometimes footballers just need that really specific role, and they can just really make it their own. So if he goes to a lever, and he can bob up, he can you know minimise him a bit, and then bob up and kick a couple of goals. That could yeah. be really important next week. I think I agree. Um, yeah, and. My last note, because I only watched about half of this game. I was in tears <laughs> <Devastated>. outside, <laughs> sinking beers with Henry's few friends who were over by half time because I was just over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least I got to watch my, all, my whole my whole of my oh, no. game and watch oh, them no. crumble under pressure with Sydney. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, my last point: Bailey Smith was Kane Corns right. Is he the next big thing? Is he the next face, the of, the face of the AFL? Because uh, the dude went pretty well on the weekend. He Did just four, seems to show up, eh? First goal. Oh. He just seems to just do bits and pieces that yeah. make you think, oh, he, well, I suppose. And he's um, like 20. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's got a lot of footy ahead of him. Um, he's got a lot of things going well, for him. Well, let's, let's just like take a look, take a step back and look at it perspectively we're talking about probably dusty martin he's probably the face of the league at the moment would you disagree i would Um, say that's probably fair and you know then you're probably looking at is christian petrarca there now like big nike deal he's a bit more of a you know that universal athlete that seems to be popping up um uh, buddy franklin still yeah probably still bud yeah, um, um, but I tell you what, Meggy said that on Sunday her TikTok was chock going off full yeah. of Bailey Smith content. Yeah, yeah, just chock but, full. But like, let's, let's look at it. it 
from a sporting perspective, though, yeah. who are you picking first? Dusty Martin, Bailey Smith, or Buddy Franklin? All right. So let's say if... Well, I'm picking Dusty, probably, yeah. or Buddy. Or, but yeah. if you're building a team, if you're starting a team right now, yeah. who are you picking? Well, right now, I'm probably picking Bailey Smith. Yeah. Like, if, you're starting, if you're starting a nineteen franchise... Yeah. And you get the choice the of those team. three players. Who are you going with? Yeah, I'm going with Bailey Smith. I'm, I reckon, like, that's sort of what Such you're going to think about. Such a marketable player. Yeah. Even, even if he's not right now, look, Kane, Kane might not have actually missed with this one. He might be right. Kane, Kane says some, um, some left field shit, but he sometimes comes up with some brilliant, brilliant yeah. things to say. Uh, yeah. Look, um, I, I think. As good as Dusty is, he's probably the best finals player we'll ever see. <laughs> um, yep. He oh, finals go, is unmatched. He'll like go down as one of the best players to ever play the game. Yep. Um, but you know, if you're looking at it from a, a midfield, if you want a, a staple midfielder, Bailey Smith is your man. I would say, um, yep. twenty years old and just so much potential and just like a. But I don't know. It's up to you. Like you can decide yourself. But a healthy amount of arrogance, I think. Um, yeah. He's arrogant, yeah. but he's yeah. arrogant because he's good, <laughs> and he can back it up. You know, he doesn't like do that flashy shit and then not rock up next week. He rocks up every week and he plays his heart out. So hopefully, he can keep it, keep stringing them together. I'd really yeah. be excited to see where his career goes from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but, just a quick one. We'll do a full. Uh, preview of the grand final but who who are you sort of going with at the moment is it well, Owen or is it the dogs going off uh, going off form from last week I've got to say Melbourne yeah um, and I think I think just defensively they're just so much stronger um, yeah. I think their midfield you know as good as Bont is as good as Smith is as good as McRae is I think every one of their mid- Melbourne's ma- um, midfield match up just as well with them. Yep. Um, and I think that their, their halfback uh, prowess is just a little bit better. So yep. Yep. my pick's Melbourne, but I think it's going to be a very close game because, you know, the Bulldogs, if they just get one or two quick clearances, bang, they're back in it. They don't miss from there. Yeah. You know, so um, they're very, very good at hitting targets out of their midfield um, area. The uh, the only time that I'd say that they're not very efficient is when Jack McRae has the ball in his hands because it, it's usually a grab bomb, <laughs> but he but gets lots of balls. The dude gets like eighty touches a game. So. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He would have to be one of the most underrated midfielders in the comp. Yeah, we far. said we said he wasn't deserving of a um Australian spot like ten days ago, but yeah, but what, like we continuously the last couple of weeks. We continuously see him rock up and get thirty six yeah. touches, and they're not yeah. they're not Tom Mitchell handballs three times in a contested ball. They they get your own footy and kick. It's so uh, it's um yeah he's very very good midfielder. Yeah, nah for sure. I think I'm going with I reckon Melbourne will start favourites as well, but I think the Dogs have got the momentum. They've played a heap of games in a short sort of period of time. Um, the week off definitely suits them more than Melbourne. So, look, 
It should be a cracker. Should be an absolute midfield showdown. Keep moving. NRL, because we've got heaps more to get through. Yep. <laughs> we're, at two, we're at 0.2 of eight. So we'll keep on keeping on. Um, Friday night, the Storm flexed their muscle. I did not watch this game. No, I was I watching watch it. the Melbourne game. But I think I flicked over and or just like flicked the score a couple of times. Um, yeah. Melbourne, I think we were saying that, oh, you know, if the Eagles, so Eagles can like get it going they could be a real chance well melbourne just went mm, yeah nah and like 40 12 <laughs> yeah and uh guess who didn't rock up uh apparently tommy turbo tommy I've turbo seen lot, i've seen a lot of missing posters kicking around facebook <laughs> <and> Instagram. <laughs> has anyone seen this man tom tom i know that you won last week and you uh you like scraped up. What what happened last week where they got that tr- um that try? What they did they scrape them up into fourth? I can't remember. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. They snuck, they into fourth. snuck into fourth. Yeah. Tom, that's not the grand final champ. You've got a few more to go. Monday, Mad Monday's not just yet. All right. It's this is a different um it's a different feeling for the Seagulls. They haven't been in this spot for a long time. No, they normally had their Monday beers um last <laughs> week, so they're just a bit. They're thrown out of whack a bit. Um, Maybe they had a had a few beers on Monday and forgot yeah, that they got to play on Friday night. <laughs> possibly. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to pack unpack from this game because I didn't see it. But Melbourne Pup, just Puppenhausen Puppenhausen yeah. proven he's the daddy of fullbacks at the moment. Well, uh, he apart from Tommy. Yeah, at the start of the year, his form was absolutely irresistible. It was so yep. good. And then yep. he got that head knock and he's sort of been coming back. And I think we said last week that, you know, he's shown that he might be back to his best. Well, he was, scored a double. Yep. Uh, five from six conversions, two penalty goals and a two-point field goal to boot. So he's racked up a shitload of points. Um, and yep. good on him. And, yeah, Storm... I don't Storm know. look, uh, Storm pre- look like they're going to be pretty tough to beat anywhere. Um, they just, within these they just get it done. They just get it done. Yeah, um, they do. So they go through to the prelim, and the Manly now face Para. I think. Yeah, I don't know. We'll look at it next. Well, next, they'll um, next game. See, this is a this is a, a very good thing though, Tom. That uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But uh, with Penrith losing. Uh, that means that we cannot have a pink and purple grand final because yes. they will meet. It in means the prelim. that we will likely have a pink and purple prelim final. Yes, I the, I'd say yes. so. Yeah, yes. unfortunately, Wags uh, Para are probably going to get beat by Penrith. As, Although, yeah. you know, let's not jump to conclusions, but um, yeah, it's it's exciting times for the NRL. I think they've done that well. I think they have. I think they have. They've They've planned that one. um, They really needed the rabbits to pull through, and they have. But before we get to that, the Roosters and Titans, did you see this game, Parks? Because it was a thriller. Or have you seen any highlights from it? I've watched the highlights of it. I haven't watched the the full game. I I did get a lecture about the penalty goal that was awarded to Sam Walker 
uh, there to get him in front was okay. one of the most laughable decisions by an umpire ever. But we won't yep. go into that because I'm not entirely sure that <laughs> what happened there. I didn't um, actually see that either. Um, <laughs> but it was like roosters were up most of the game and then the Titans just sort of pinged them back and then I think Titans got ahead and then it was a Sam Walker field goal in the 77th minute to yep. put the Roosters one point ahead and it was like shit it's going to be hard to win, uh, hard for the Titans to win here there's less than a minute and they're 20 metres out from the Roosters line Yeah. next thing they just shift left I think it was Big Bo Furmore who Look, I don't know. I didn't know much about him until Saturday, but kid looks like he can play. Yeah. Dude is huge and has serious wheels. He makes the break down the sideline. Probably should have passed to his winger early. Didn't held onto it. Then turned his winger back under. Anyway, gets tackled. Sam Walker with the um, game-saving tackle. Yeah. And then, but there's no roosters in the defensive line. Titans shift back to the right-hand side. Comes to Patrick Herbert, their centre. And all he had to do was do one more pass out to Corey Thompson and he literally walks over the line. Yeah. Puts it down in the corner, like with no one within five metres of him. Titans win. And old Paddy Herbert just got white line fever. Just saw that <laughs> white line and went head first. And <laughs> Did he get, get taken dead? He got taken dead, didn't he? He knocked on i think oh i didn't oh, know he got he got half tackled and then at the very end tried to flick pass out to thompson but pass was oh, awful that's 10 right. minutes behind him so yeah. literally if paddy herbert just presses x just passes <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah then look Titans I, win. but Titans the win and then we <laughs> live to fight another day yeah well I reckon we would have seen... We, I wouldn't have seen Sam Price for a, a few weeks if that happened. Um, nah, I think there would have been remotes coming out of televisions and that kind of gear. Yeah, yeah. I think Price would be a broke man uh, fixing all the furniture in his house. But, um, yeah, look, I I can't say I watched all of the game. I did watch the last 10, 15 minutes because I was yep. with uh, Pluto. Um, yep. And we were watching it there. It was... Um, it was kind of like, it was weird. I was sitting next to a South supporter who was like all reared up for his game and then ended up being more excited about this game yep. <laughs> in the end yep. and um, just wanted Titans to just get over. And I remember sitting there, it was like watching bloody Chautauqua in, um, <laughs> in the races again. It was just standing standing out of your seat, just go, go you good thing. And it just... It just didn't happen. They just got a little bit selfish, the Titans, and uh, it bit them on the ass. Learn to pass. It's just the X button. Uh, well, it's a pretty simple thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, look, I Roosters held on. They did well to get back and um, and play a good defensive set there to, to save the game. Um, so you got to take, you got to give credit where credit's due. Very, very true. Um, so they will play the Seagulls. Penrith. Panthers or the Seagulls? No, they'll play the Seagulls. Oh, they play the Seagulls. Yeah, okay. play the Seagulls. So that'll so be a really good game. That could be a really good game on Friday night. So yeah, I'm looking for forward sure. to watching that one. Um, um, no AFL on to distract me, so I'll definitely watch yeah. it. 
I know, weird, isn't it? Yep, and we'll be able to have picnics this time too on, on Friday, so I'll uh, oh. probably have a picnic and watch the footy with, with Pricey, so that'll be good. Lovely. All fully vaccinated. Lovely. So, yeah, no, looking forward to that. So I'll That's actually crazy. watch these games this weekend, so I'll be able to report yep. back to you, Grailers. Um, I'll still have no idea about any of it, but I'll tell you I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, I actually... Because I turned the Port Adelaide game off at half time, I got a good look at the Rabbits and Panthers game. And I tell you what, lucky the Rabbits got up, or I would have been an unbelievably sad man. <laughs> the Rabbits really pulled through. Um, Panthers, we were talking about the fullback matchup um, before this game, Parks. Yeah. And the Panthers lost, uh, what's his name? Old mate who plays there, Edwards, um, before the game. Yeah, but they still had Stephen Crichton back there. He's still quality player, but one of Charlie Staines came into the number two, and yeah, like that's a pretty good in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they just didn't. I think that reshuffle just hurt him a little bit. Yeah, um, but it was young Blake Taff who, again, in his like sixth game of NRL or something, yeah, really stood up a couple of times. Came up really clutch. So yeah, he was except really for good. that first minute where he dropped. Yeah, <laughs> they're talking about his catching ability and he dropped the first <laughs> one of the game that was i remember pluto said oh, that's just standard he's gonna do that yep. like five times this game but he did it once and then was really really good after that yep. he um held up really well adam reynolds put on an absolute master class and they would just they just looked more polished i think you could nearly say than this penrith panthers team that has been so dominant all year and I just don't think anyone really expected that result. Yeah, look, I didn't expect it. I thought that this would be uh, one of those ones that is bad luck roosters. You've just had the tough, the toughest first round matchup because I thought that yep. they'd be the Panthers would be better than Storm. Yep. But you know, uh, Ivan had a fairly uh, positive outlook post uh, post game. He post press conference. He spoke about. Uh, you know, we're, we've just got to bounce back from it. We'll, um, uh, we'll re- reshuffle things and, and come up, they'll come up against the Eels next week. I think that, you know, it's that that's, it's that kind of game that Parra pull out of their ass. but yep. I think if Penrith play up to their potential, they'll walk over them. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but, you know, sure. and, and, but that also sets up like a ripper in the prelim that, you know, <laughs> they've got a pull their fingers out if they want to beat the Storm who are in yep. the best form out of any team in the finals so um, yeah Panthers were disappointing just the yeah like you said a bit of a reshuffle just threw them out a little bit um, yeah and their playmakers Cleary didn't have a very good game um, well, was, I like, had a couple of couple of penalty goals but yeah, um, nothing like late or anything like that so I think um, I think it was Reynolds who like it was, you know, a battle of the number sevens kind of thing. Yep. Um, yep. And Reynolds just shows experience and just how good he is. And look, no doubt Nathan Cleary will be a very, very good player. Yep. And the dude gets it done for New South Wales, has done for the last few years, but he hasn't really got it done for Penrith on the big stage yet. Yeah, They had, you know, they were the hot team coming into last year's finals. Melbourne got over him. They were still pretty hot coming into these finals rabbits have got over them first week now they have to do 
you know, they have to do the hard road. They need to try and beat the Eels, who can be a bit of a danger team. Yeah, exactly. And um, they need to get over Melbourne then in the prelim. So they've got to do it hard. But, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking and, forward to next week. And for the Rabbits, they've now put themselves into such a good spot. Oh. So they, they're on the other side of the draw to Melbourne, so they don't need to play the best team in the comp at the moment. Yep. Um, form-wise, they will come up against either Roosters or Seagulls. Both can be really dangerous teams. Both can also be quite susceptible to going missing. Um, yeah, and at different if, you, stages. if you're going to pick a spot to be at this point, you're yep. the Rabbitohs. So, um, so that look, if you if Rabbitohs have that potential, you know that's a it's a pretty confident ticket into the granny at this stage. Yep. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And then the Eels. This is a really good game on Saturday, Arvo as well. The Eels got over the Knights. Tight game, most of it, and then yep. Eels scored a late penalty try where there was a little bit of conjecture but look there always is I think it was fair enough in the end Eels yep. were the better team Knights came late um, but and Caelan Ponga was he, shit that dude can play footy yeah not handy. wrong but just the depth of power just got over the line so they I don't know I keep getting confused who do they play now they, they now play the they play the Panthers look so just quick some quick tips for next week uh, for this weekend coming up, sorry. Um, on Friday night, Seagulls and Roosters. Who do you reckon will get that one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Roosters. Yeah, I think that Tommy Turbo went missing and I think that they won't find him in time. Interesting. I reckon they will find him. I reckon yeah. they will. And I reckon Seagulls will get that who would you, one. If you're the Rabbitohs, who would you prefer to play? I reckon... I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Seagulls, if they get it together, like you can't beat them. But I also think that they don't quite have the depth across the park. Yeah. Maybe the Roosters do. Yeah. Um. Maybe Seagulls, but I don't know. I still think you'd you'd prefer to play those two teams than to have to play Penrith in a prelim. Oh shit. So, yeah. Shit, or yeah. Melbourne in the prelims, so I think they've, I think they've um, done that nicely, done that um, really nicely. Penrith and then the Eels, who are you picking? I reckon Penrith will get it done, but I think the Eels are, I think the Eels are a good chance for this. Yeah, look, I think that Eels this is probably the team to beat if you're the Eels. I think they they really like the pressure of it, so yeah. I'm gonna go with Penrith. I think that Penrith will pull their finger out of their ass and, and yeah. come back. So let's have a look outside of our own backyard and yep. have a look at what's happening in world sport at the moment. So if we start with cricket, if you're happy for me to start with some cricket. So Tom, you take the I don't know. Here, I don't know if you saw sort of last week that the Taliban, uh, the Afghani Taliban had given permission for the Afghani men's team to come out yep. to Australia. So that was nice of him initially. Like, yeah, that was Good really to see nice. him get, getting around the boys. No, yep. no that's grim. Um, but, <laughs> but you know 
It's just, it was so weird. I've read the art, like the headline on cricket.com, like the Cricket Australia page was Taliban give Afghanistan all clear to tour Australia. And it's like, fucking hell, that's, it's a weird old world we live in. Anyway, <laughs> so they've initially given him the tick of approval for Rashid and Muhammad Nabi and these sort of lads to come out um, and play the inaugural test between Australia and Afghanistan. But this week, Australia have pretty much come out and just called the Taliban the Taliban bullies. And so Nick Hockley and uh, the CEO of Cricket Australia and Tim Payne on his SEN show that he does with Jack Rewalt, yep. they're really standing up and putting their foot down and telling the uh, Taliban that what they're doing is not right because they... They haven't really backed the women's team. So the women's Afghani team has, you know, gradually got up yep. um, over the last few years and it's, you know, going from strength to strength. But there's big fears that along with a lot of things that the Taliban won't back that women's team because Sharia law that they follow, you know, yeah. women aren't allowed to even get an education. So to play sport is just not even remotely on the cards. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But... Um, yeah, I don't want to get too political, but like, it just seems a bit like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've got no idea, but yeah. I feel like if the Afghani team come out and Rashid Khan and Muhammad Nabi get to play a test match against Australia, that, that would be a kind of positive thing. It would be I a great know. thing. It would be yeah. a great thing. I'll tell you what, just before we get into it. Like, we always complain about lockdowns going on. Fuck me dead. I'll lock down for the rest of my life rather than have to be over oh, in Afghanistan at the moment. Grim, that is it's some grim shit. That is some grim shit. So, um, yeah, like, whenever you feel like you've got it shit here, <laughs> fucking take a good hard look at yourself because yeah, we've got it pretty um, good here in Australia. So, but anyway, um, I, yeah, look, I think in terms of something for... Af- Afghani people to be to look forward to that'd be yeah. excellent and it'd be a really good thing for um, the country to kind of follow and and back in in these pretty grim times. Um, but like, fuck, do we really want to be like messing with the Taliban and telling them, oh. yeah, you guys are being bullies? Because it's not somewhere I want to be going. I don't know. I don't know. But like, it just seems I can't see that. No, Tim Payne and Nick Hockley are gonna stop. Are gonna make the Taliban like make drastic changes and really have a good hard look at themselves. Yeah, like I don't feel like Australia putting anyway. I just feel like, in my very uneducated opinion, that if the Afghani boys can get a game, then that's a pretty good start. Obviously, it's really important to back the women's game and back the yep. equal rights and whatever. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. And then yeah. the other main story coming out of cricket this week was India. They had their last test at, I don't know, somewhere, the Oval or whatever. Yeah. Um, against England, in England. And there was a bit of um, a bit of COVID that just started getting through the Indian camp. So there was no players, but their coach Ravi Shastri and three other um, people within the organised, within, you know, physios or whatever. Yeah. They all got COVID. Yeah. And apparently it was, so between the two test matches, they're meant to be in like 
it's kind of a bubble, but like it's not too strict. Yeah. But anyway, Ravi Shastri decided to do a book launch. So he was out at a bookstore and out the front of Dimmicks or whatever and signing <laughs> off on his um, book. And he had, you know, Virat and bloody Ashwin and the boys all around him. <laughs> um, and it turns out that there's been a bit of COVID floating around as they're <laughs> getting around in the UK. Yeah. Um, and India have just said, nah. Fuck it, we're not playing this test match. We're out of here. They've literally just... There was two hours before the game. They said, no, nah, we're not playing. We're getting out. Next thing, they're on the plane. They're straight to... I think it's Dubai or somewhere where they're playing the IPL. So they pretty much couldn't afford to get COVID because if any of the Indian players got COVID, then they wouldn't be able to take part in like the first part of the IPL. And, and we know how much money and everything's in that. Oh. So they've just gone... Nah, unlucky England. We're out of here. Yeah. But we're not forfeiting the match. The match is just cancelled. So we're 2-1 up in the series. So that'll do. We'll just take the take the trophy home and get pissed off. <laughs> I didn't realise that, that. I completely forgot that there was a four-test series. I thought it was two yeah. all and it was a fifth test. Um, yeah. No, yeah, no. It was the fifth test. I think there was a draw in there. Oh, so there was a draw in there, wasn't it? It was 2-1. Yeah. But, you know, England wouldn't have minded... Um, probably drawing it up, but no, nah, India just gone nut. Nah, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> We're the kings of cricket. We decide what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Look, to we- be to be completely fair, like India has gotten so much like sporting revenue through that IPL. It yeah. is like so big. It is genuinely massive over there. So uh, I think if they didn't have the likes of Kohli and and etc. And uh, getting getting around in the IPL, Richard Pant getting around the IPL. Imagine no Richard Pant in the IPL. That'd be a boring fucking IPL. Um, but like, if they didn't have that going around, that'd be devastating for Indian cricket. So, um, yeah, look, I see where they're coming from, but I don't know how I feel about just going. Nah, we're cancelling it. It's not a forfeit. That's yeah. it. That's a yeah. sounds like so, a forfeit to me. It sounds a lot like a forfeit to me, but anyway, so. Yeah, that's the that's the Indians. And look, the Indians are, as you say, just too big to fail these days. They just do whatever the fuck they like. So Yeah, exactly right. Look, whatever, what can you do? Um Sunday night was a huge night for the Aussies. Um so first off, Daniel Ricardo got the win at the Italian Grand Prix. Uh it was his first win since I think twenty eighteen. He's had a bit of a dog run of it the last yeah. few years. I'm yep. far from a Far from like a F1, you know, super fan. Don't oh, know much at all. I, I don't know anyone that is, to be honest, Tom. <laughs> um, but Danny Ricardo is mates with Stoin, and he often kicks a Sharon around on his Insta stories, and he does a shoey every time he wins. So look, and he does a shoey enough for us to get around him. Then champagne too. It's oh, pretty expensive yeah. stuff. You know, what I can only imagine is a fairly sweaty. <laughs> driving boot I, I don't imagine that it would be cold inside those f1 vehicles there's a no. i suppose they get a little bit of airflow but over the face and their upper yep. body but they're going that quick it doesn't have time to get down to their legs um but yeah look it's uh it's good to see him back on track he's the most smiley bloke ever him and Stoyan have one thing in common they've got yep. ripping smiles 
and <laughs> probably ripping bods and oh, yeah. beautiful complexions. God, they're good looking men. They are good looking men. And like you you could you could go up and, and call him anything to his face, a fuckwit or something like that. He'd yep. just go, no, so <laughs> you're he'd funny. Just, have that <laughs> just a grin. <laughs> Absolutely. Just makes um, you happy. <laughs> on Sunday night as well, it was a real redemption story for Quade Cooper. So he's yep. been three or four years in Wallabies exile. Um, he's always, you know, it's probably been more of a blessing than a curse, really. Um, not yep. playing for the Wallabies for those three or four years, but he's come back in against the world champions, South Africa, obviously won the last Rugby World Cup, and he put in a best-on-ground performance, converted seven from seven of his kicks, yep. and including one that was after the buzzer. So South Africa had a feed 45 metres out, close to the line with about 30 seconds to go, scrum feed. All they had to do was pretty much get the ball back, yeah, Aussies made a big push, got a penalty, and so Quade Cooper just had to go back and slot this one, and just went Nailed back it. and just boom, straight through. Nailed it. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and the boys in the com box were just—they were losing their shit. Actually, there was boys and girls in the com box, and they were just losing their shit. Like, oh, you are the absolute man, and. He was just the most zen dude. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, man. Yeah, like, it was really good. But at the end of the day, it's just a game of footy. Like, I'm just trying to be a better person and just trying to, like, work on myself every day. It's a game of footy. It's cool. I've enjoyed the moment. But, like, yeah, there's more to life. Like, I'm just happy to go home tomorrow and see my, like, family. And yeah. I, they were just like what the hell man what you did was just so sick and he was just like so zanned out he yeah so that that's, was it's pretty elite i i just noticed here too you've, you've written surely that's enough for him to gain citizenship i i did a little <laughs> i just started typing quade cooper into google and it comes up you know how google has the su- suggestions yep. Yep. quade cooper citizenship comes up before quade cooper rugby <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's so, like the bloke does is like a jet fucking footy player and we're worried about his nationality how he's slightly no, kiwi <laughs> yeah so he is he is a kiwi but he's been trying for years yeah to get his um get his citizenship here but i think he's been like living in like so he's played 80 games for the Wallabies or whatever yeah but he's been he's lived elsewhere as a traveling rugby player and there's some rules that yep. you have to live in Australia for like more than like at least a 12 month block or something. Anyway, yeah. he's hasn't been able to do that, but they literally after this game, after he slots that goal, there's one of those petitions like get behind Quade Cooper, get him his citizenship. And <laughs> everyone's just signed it and they've just ticked him off. No worries. One so of those Facebook. Facebook yeah. ones, yeah. <laughs> so they've literally changed the law like two days later. So good on him. That's good right, for him. Good on him. That is good for him. That, that's a ripping game on his return too. Yeah. Like yeah. You can't really write. That's something oh, that you write miracles in your dreams. It was literally, yeah, it was literally a movie script. It was yeah. unreal. Yeah. Um, tennis, did you catch any of the US Open over I the weekend? Or no, catch any headlines? No. Unfortunately, Tom, I... <clears throat> Like I've been scarred from my childhood because of my grandfather, who is 
a diehard tennis man, just like <laughs> tennis, 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 yeah. tennis. And I, I just kind of been turned off it because I just don't find tennis that interesting. Uh, yeah. I think there's too many personalities in it that I just can't deal with it. Um, uh, so yeah, but I, I did happen to watch the, the highlights of Dill, Dill Alcott's game, which yeah. he just seems to be like the greatest. He's just a, well, one of the biggest weapons yeah. to ever grace this earth. He is like, I don't know. The bloke's just got so many strings to his bow. Like, yeah. he was he won a gold medal in the Olympics in wheelchair basketball. Yeah, and then took up tennis. He's won like twenty one Grand Slams. He's won gold. He was a Triple J presenter. He literally started his own music festival. Mm. He dates a like sexologist or something like literally someone who studies sex for a reason so that's probably a win too i imagine (laughs) the dude is doing very well for himself and on the weekend he's just come up with he's just completed the golden slam so he's won all four majors which are australia uh spanish Wimbledon and US. the US Open, yep. as well as winning Olympic gold. So he's won the four major things that you can win in a yep. year, and he's the first tennis player ever to do that. Um, Ridiculous, and eh? woman wheelchair, nor like wheelchair able bodied. So he has done very, very well for himself. He, he is, and he's a, an inspiration to everyone. Really, he's just. Probably the nicest bloke that you'll ever hear speak. He's yeah. so personable. Yeah. He just like he would he would do as Ricky Bobby would do. He just pisses excellence. He is so good. Um, and then and then yeah. and then after that, he just goes and sculls a beer out of his winning cup. Yeah. Oh, mate, the dude is perfect. The dude is so perfect. Good. It was the greatest moment of uh, Beyond the Valley. Was I was raving up there. The like sick as dj set and all yep. of a sudden like get a tap on the shoulder get out of the road and he's just getting carried down by a couple of oh, big security it. guards onto the fucking vip section of the <laughs> dj thing just raving he's like five meters from us and we're just like holy shit that's dylan alpha oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was the that's coolest really thing cool. and he's just going nuts behind this dj yeah. they're getting around him i was like this is so cool <laughs> that, that dude is awesome he is, awesome. is awesome. Um, um, couple yeah. more quick fire ones. So then Sam Stoza won the women's double. So yep. good to see that Sam's still alive. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, no, um, good honor. Sam seems to just keep going. She's like she's like the Joel Selwood she, of um thought, yeah of of tennis. She just is just. I thought that she was Gorski retired ages ago, seven years ago, but she's still yeah. kicking and still going all right too. Uh, winning, still winning. Um, She's won the doubles championship, which is yeah. great to see because she's she struggled a lot with you know she gets up high and then she loses a couple and just crashes yep. real hard. Um, so it's good to see her back on the winning train. Absolutely. Uh, in the women's um, U.S. Open, there was it was between Emily Raducanu, yeah, not Emily Radikowski, but Emma Raducanu, um, yep. an eighteen-year-old Brit. And Layla Fernandez, a 19-year-old Canadian. Now, Raducanu won this. Yep. They were both wildcard entries. Yeah. Uh, Raducanu is ranked 150. 
Yeah. Fernandez was ranked 73. So there's a couple of genuine just like list cloggers <laughs> who have, for some reason, just made the dream run um, and just won their way the whole way through to the final. So I don't know. I'd imagine these chicks probably haven't made much money as tennis players. No. And they've probably just made like, I think the win is, the winning prize is like 3.2 mil or yeah. something. Yeah. So. Not bad. It's and not a then, bad little clip. And plus, yeah. like, the, you know, that's just prize winning stuff. That doesn't yeah. talk about any sort of, you know, sponsorships beyond that. Like, exactly. US Open is not just a little piss take. It's, one like that's, like we said before, one of the major, the Grand Slam majors. Um, so, yeah, look, it's great to see some list cloggers getting around because, yeah, you know, it's very rarely. That's the one thing I don't like about tennis. It's the same old shit, and we'll talk about him next. But it's just the same old shit. The biggest whinge and complaining, bloody privileged pricks are getting around. Uh, Novak and Djokovic. Thank fuck, Novak didn't win. So uh, Medvedev has got up. I think it was his first one, and he's then said sorry to Novak for winning, which. I think just quietly is a pretty alpha move. Oh. Like you've just beaten, you know, this bloke who's supposed to be in the goat status, even though yep. he's not, because he's just a flog. Yeah. But he's beaten him and then said, "Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, I shouldn't have beaten him." <laughs> because, so I reckon that's pretty good. Um, and that's because he's denied Novak of I think it's called I don't know. I've written written it down as the calendar slam, but I don't know. He would have won every single Grand Slam for a calendar this year. Yeah, and the other there's two other great points that come out of this is that Rod Laver now remains the last player to do this. So yeah, come on Aussies, that's awesome. Yeah, and that was 52 years ago, and that means that Novak still remains tied with Roger on, on 20, 20 Grand, Grand Slams. So yep. hopefully he never wins another one. Yeah, because let's be honest. Fed is the goat. Oh, big time. Roger Federer yeah. is the goat. Um, uh, unless you want to throw Rod Laver out there, you know, every Grand Slam in the cal- calendar year. But no, nah, no, nah, Roger Federer is my, my goat. And I think that if you call Novak Djokovic the greatest ever, you're also a flog. I think you just, it's just like we talked about arrogance there before with Bailey Smith. Yeah. Bailey Smith has a good amount of arrogance because he rocks up every time. Novak would blame this on his coach or something like that or the weather wasn't quite right or I didn't have enough drinks in my mini bar at the hotel. Like just stupid shit like that. He would blame that kind of stuff and that's a flog. So Just a quick one on arrogance as well. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Mm -hmm. arguably one of the most arrogant and look, probably fair enough. If I looked like Cristiano, (laughs) it'd be pretty easy to be arrogant too. But his return to... He's returned to Manchester United, back to Old Trafford, and he scored a couple of goals in debut. Yeah. I don't know any more about that, and I don't really care any more about that, but it yeah. was just all through my headlines, and I just thought... Yeah, yeah throw it, it in up. there. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Fox Sports have been freaking loving it. And then <laughs> maybe just... I think this is probably the last bit of news that I've got on this. Yeah. Uh, just on my run sheet is NFL. So NFL week... One kicked off yep. this weekend. Um, well, yeah, and it's a pain. Yeah, young Schnappley Price wrote into us last week asking whether we can get some NFL teams associated with the podcast host. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure 
that he's a Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers man. I believe he um, is, yeah. Yeah, because he he put he had a cheese emoji and apparently like yeah, that the is. thing that the Green Bay Packers do is they wear these cheese hats. Yeah. Which just seems a bit fucking rare. It's just it's just childish, I think. <laughs> <laughs> because because Wisconsin is the capital of American cheese or something. Yeah. Just like, oh. Yeah, no. No, thanks. <laughs> That's grim city. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really grim. Um, yeah, no. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. Nah. Uh, nah. I don't think I'll ever will be as and, long as Tom Brady plays. And I'm pretty sure the Packers got absolutely whacked too. I think they, it got, was like they got pumped. 38 to 3 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but I have found a team for us, Park. So here's one that we can jump on. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah. the reason for that is Aaron Sipos, who oh, I reckon four or five years ago was playing for St. Kilda. He played probably 50 to 100, probably 50 to 80 games for St. Kilda. Was decent, but yeah. had to retire due to shoulder injuries. He's just got onto the list as the main punter. So he's on, I think he's on about 900K a season. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, I'm not exactly how to sure how to pronounce it, but Jordan Mylato. Have you got that in front of you? Do you know how to say that? Uh, no, I do not have Jordan, to say that. Jordan Mylato, maybe? Mylato. Yeah, Mylato. Yeah. Yeah, he was a South Sydney junior, actually. South Sydney was Rabideau's he? junior. And he was just too big for NRL. Apparently, he dominated at junior levels, but he just would absolutely blow up. And then he rocked up to one of these draft camps that apparently scouts come out and see people and like, yep, we can make a player out of you. Yeah. He literally never... He couldn't name one NFL team. This is like (laughs) three or four years ago. Yeah. The dude is an offensive left tackle, and he has just signed a four-year... $64 $64 million extension that could be worth up to $80 million. Yeah, that's... So I think the dude made a good choice to go over and play for the Philly Eagles as yeah. opposed to the South Sydney Rabbitohs because the dude's going to be rich. Oh, yeah, he's going to be... And probably do exactly what um, Valentine Holmes has done and just, you know, maybe like once he... Once he gets his gets his money over there, just come back and just play the last couple of years in rugby and just oh. absolutely dominate because he's put on like kilos, just bulking dude, with these <laughs> these NFL this dude dudes. Be way too big for NRL now. Oh yeah, like he went over there at I think it was like 150 kilos, and they were like, "Nah, man, you're way too trim. Like, you need to go eat some, you need to go eat some quarter pounders and Big Macs." You need to put on a bit of bloody flubber here. You're not big enough. Oh, like he's big enough, but he's just, he was too trim, too fit. So anyway, he's just done that. And I actually listened to an interview with Aaron Sipos on ABC Grandstand. And he was talking about one of the main things with NFL contracts is the guaranteed money. So Aaron Sipos has signed for 900K for the year, but his guaranteed money is only like maybe half a mil or whatever yeah they right. can cut him like <laughs> Only at half any stage if he has a bad game they can just cut him yeah but 
uh, Jordan Maylada has $40.85 million guaranteed. Yeah, right. So, look, the dude set himself up for life. So He's a fucking shout out big to him boy. And go the Philly Eagles. Yeah, if yeah. you got him up. Yeah, I do. He's, he's a big boy. Large. He's like a... F- He's like a fat The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm actually all about this because I really, really rate the Philly, uh, Philly Eagles. I really love the their color scheme, and obviously, like I'm pretty sure you've picked this because they're Port Adelaide colors. But um, oh, I actually didn't. I actually did. <laughs> the turquoise, black and white. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a massive fan. I think we should uh, we should wrap some merch. Um, yep. I think that that'd yep. be a pretty sick thing to follow. We'll just get Jordan Malata on our back backs and just yep. we'll just get up, get back up here and just put on the kegs. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. I reckon. Right, you could make a decent. Maybe I can, or maybe we could make a punter. Like we can turn you into a punter slash linebacker. Like we'll just let you eat <laughs> and KFC and Maccas just for a whole year. We'll get you to like 160 kegs. Which you can yeah. also be the kicker. So you get like a two in one player. That could be really, could be really attractive. 100, 160 kilo kicker. Oh. <laughs> you'd kick the just ball and you'd chase it. after him and you'd fucking have a heart attack on the way back. <laughs> I, oh, I um, shit. I think I might pass on that, Tom. I even <laughs> as much as the 500k a year look sounds pretty good. Right. Mate, what if you get someone for 80 mil? Well, I'd probably, I'd probably eat a million quarter pounders to get paid 80 mil, but 80 million. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'd, oh, I'd shave 20 years off my life. Oh, in the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. We're well, we've, shit. we've gone we've through it. Up. We have got through it. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for sticking around if you've made it to this far. We, this was a long episode, but we are going to do a, a, a pre AFL grand final breakdown. Uh, we'll go through yep. it. We'll do, it'll probably come out on Friday. So you've got Friday and Saturday morning to listen to it. Um, yep. And we'll just go into depth. We'll just do AFL for, the, for that episode and we'll just go into depth about. The, the AFL Grand Final, just every single aspect. So if you're interested in that, uh, give that a listen. That'll be released next Friday, I'd say. So um, Sounds good. that's something to look forward to. Uh, otherwise, enjoy your week, everyone. Uh, hope it's blessed. Always a pleasure, never a chore, Parks. Always. Right on, mate. Later. See ya.